Before we get started with this week's episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, I want you to go check out mybookie.ag. It's one of the great new uh, gambling websites out there as sports becomes legal all over the country. Go to mybookie.ag and you can put your uh, weekly golf bets in. They have the top 20, top 10 outright winners and so much more. Uh, baseball prop bets and team totals are coming out. Uh, the Oscars just wrapped up. They had voting on that, obviously. If you weren't on Twitter, you saw it. Uh, you get political voting, uh, betting and all kinds of other cool stuff. So go to mybookie.ag and if you're a first-time depositor, use promo code BENCHED for a 50% deposit bonus. That's $100, gets a free $50 bonus. $250 or $500 gets a free $250 all the way up to $1,000. So go to mybookie.ag, promo code BENCHED for a free 50% first-time deposit bonus. Also, if you can give us a rating and review on iTunes, I'd much, much appreciate it. It'd really help the podcast move up the rankings and more and more people get to hear it, which makes this podcast bigger and better for all of us involved. With all that being said, welcome to the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, previewing the 2019 Honda Classic. Play. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. This week, we'll be previewing the 2019 Honda Classic. In order to do so, I'll be joining my co-host as always. You can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how we doing, man? Doing well, dude. Uh, excited, dude. Golf is in full swing, and uh, this is the time of year to uh, to really start paying attention. Yep, it's a lot of fun. And in order to pay attention to that, follow us on Twitter at Always Press DFS, and the podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, you name it, it's out there. Uh, give us a rate and review; we'd much appreciate it. But uh, yeah, it's in full swing and. Literally, segue, it's going to the fall of the Florida swing. So um, that's where we are at with this new scheduling and everything. And we'll get to uh, the Honda Classic here pretty soon. But the final leg of the West Coast or the transition to the Florida swing, depends on how you want to look at it, WGC Mexico. And one, Dustin Johnson just ran shot over that place for four days. Any thoughts on that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I wish I... Wish I would have seen that one coming. Uh, I was big time on Rory last week and JT, and obviously uh, Rory played really well. Um, you know, he finished in second by five shots, and, and JT came back really nicely on Sunday. But DJ, man, I mean, I don't know. Like, he made – what did he make? Like, two bogeys all week long. He played the first uh, – he made a double and one bogey. So, a double on Saturday, one bogey on Sunday. Didn't make a bogey for the first two days. I mean, like it when when you can make as many birdies as he can, or really anybody can at that golf course, and you don't make a bogey, um, it's easy to see why why he won. I mean, that's we talked about last week, did we mention it? Like, you know, would it surprise me if Dustin Johnson won this golf tournament? No, am I going to play him? No, so that's yeah. great. But <laughs> yeah, it's his second time winning it in the three years it's been there. He's uh, yeah, he, he likes this course quite a bit. So I, I'm already want to like pencil it. I saw your awesome tweet about this week's tournament in your phone <laughs> from a year ago. That was phenomenal. It's like I almost want to put in in the the uh, one for next next year for the WGC. It's hey, now everyone course history narrative 
uh, Dustin, Dustin Johnson, and we're going to avoid him again. Just watch. It's going to yeah. happen all over again because we don't want to pay you the price now. Well, I, so. I think it depends on his form coming in. I mean, obviously his form wasn't like great, but he did have a it win recently. I mean, I mean, it's it it's it was it was okay uh, for Dustin not Johnson. It was not good. He had he had the win he had the win over in Saudi Arabia or wherever, yep. and then he did top ten the week before. Um, but you know, it wasn't like. DJ ask of competing for a win over here that we've seen and the, the ownership was down, man. We just, we just missed the boat on that one. Um, but, uh, I'll take my even money and, and, and run from that golf tournament, I, you know, since he won it by five shots. And, uh, I know we shamelessly plug this often, but we got that free Slack chat to go check out. And our buddy, Kevin, uh, at Kevin's delight, who does the OAD picks with us and other things and runs obviously the junkies golf contest. Um, He's been hopping in that uh, the Slack chat more often than usual, and at least once or twice before the tournament. And he flat out said he loves DJ this week. He yeah. loves Paul Casey. And I can't remember the third. He Kevin cleaned up for the second straight week. So I, I know it's sometimes you know it's just you know random guys talking to each other in there you might not know, and you're waiting for myself or Jesse or whatever. But there's a lot of smart people in there, and Kevin's in there dropping knowledge bombs now. So I'd recommend joining up in there. Yeah, dude's hot, and he knows golf, and like. He even tweeted a picture of his computer, if you remember, which is a bunch yep. of fucking pieces of paper. Yep. Uh, that's how he's always been. He's very, uh, yeah, he's, he's, I, I love it because literally me podcasting is the, I never thought I'd get this far on a computer. So I, 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 I literally, I still have, I have notes before I record for every episode. So that's how I, I respect the game that he has going on. Yeah, I'm with you. He's he's been like that forever, man. Like, yep. but uh, yeah, that this, the slack is, is still going strong. So. Like you said, 100% free still, and it'll remain that way. So yep. anybody um, wants to hop in there, just DM one of us. Yeah, super simple. Just need your email address. To not gonna, no credit card, nothing. So um, any final thoughts? I unfortunately did not get to watch a ton. I had family visiting this weekend. Um, I had a lot of Rory. He's my OAD guy. He had a great opening round. He fell apart. Uh, I heard somewhere today he's, like, leading the tour and um, – like strokes gained this year. He's number one and it shows he's like top four or better in like four straight weeks or something. He just can't yeah. putt. He putted the first day and then the rest, he just couldn't putt again. So, yeah. Uh, so he, he, he came out real hot. Obviously he birdied his first, like he birdied three of the first four holes or first five holes that he played on Friday. And it's my fault. I texted somebody and I said, Rory, my God. And then he, I think he immediately, went onto a bogey streak and it was over from there. So I'll take the full blame on Rory not winning that. I was on Rory too, obviously. Oh, yeah, but, I, just, uh, I just opened it up. Yeah. You were on Rory. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know, and, and but you know, another other other guys who had big weeks, you know, Ian Poulter, we talked about him quite a bit last week. Um he had a really, really strong week. Uh JT obviously bounced back pretty strong. My boy Oost Luton uh had a good week. Uh, I was heavy Keegan and he played well Tiger played all right. He he um he had some weird weird moments. But did you see his shot on Friday? Out of the bunker. Oh my god! It um yeah. I was in. I was away from my phone, so I wasn't glued to it. But literally, I think I got in on my phone about an hour after it happened. And thank, this is where Twitter becomes great because it was like seven or eight straight quote tweets of this video. So I got to see it immediately. Yeah. It, it's it's amazing. I even saved a picture on my phone of just him and like the pose. And like, if I think if I bent that way for too long, I'd be hurt. But, oh my um, God, dude. <laughs> like like what, what he tried to do, I think I would have pulled my ass and my back at the same time. Like he was, 
it was amazing. And he's what, like 30, 40 something years old and had just had his like 17th back surgery or something. Yeah. Ridic- no, no, that's, that, that's, uh, I mean, that, it, it, that was nutty. It reminded me of the shot by Bubba in the masters out of the woods. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, that was that, that simple. But if next year also, when you put your DJ note in there, go ahead and put a note in to play care deck at this golf course too. I was about to say, you, I was I wondering mean, if you're going to mention your boy. Dude. I wish I played him a lot more last week. I I thought he was going to be higher owned, um, and I just couldn't. I, I didn't want to be on it just in case, but it's it was no fluke the year before. So that's that's two straight really strong finishes for for the one uh, that we all love there, Abby Barnard. Yeah, no, he uh, he brought it. We 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 did flat out say if you guys want a big boomer bust GPP guy last week. Kiradex, the guy, like he's super cheap, mm-hmm. and we know what he can do in a no cut event because he had those blow up holes, which we said he would have. But you know, you let him play seventy two holes, and he finished eleven under, what third place or something. So yeah, yeah give me some of that for what sixty six or whatever he was. Yeah, sixty eight. It was, it like, was, it was cheap. Yeah. So yeah, it was beautiful. But uh, it's a cool course. I'd actually love to go down there and visit and play it someday. But uh, maybe when we win the millionaire or something, we'll yeah. we go do that. But uh, yeah, it's a cool deal. Yeah, it, I don't know if I want to be in Mexico City that long, but um, it, it it would be different to play that golf course because the altitude is just so crazy. Um, and there's some there's some fun golf holes on there, but it is tight. I mean, those guys, yeah, obviously are. There was a lot of tree shots, man, and there's a lot of just weird weird things that went on last week. But uh, that's about all I got for it. And we're on to Florida. Did you? I did. I saw. I actually saw. I think more weekend coverage of the Puerto Rico than I did WGC, unfortunately. But it was more just like off, off in the distance when I was trying to look over the relatives at lunch and see the TV. So I didn't really get to embrace it all. But I know it was a windy mess. I know uh, Badley had a chance. Trainer won. Um, any thoughts on that, or do you just want to kind of move on from Puerto Rico? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I played a, like one lineup and got four or six through, and that was nowhere near good enough uh to come anywhere near cash so um yeah i mean i thought uh there were some 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 decent names up top there lashley who we talked about here i was on him and he was in contention and uh but i, I didn't pay attention really after the cut was over because i was pretty much out of it yeah i was bummed i made two lineups just for fun put them in like cheap 50 50s just to have action in the event and yeah. I had a five of six and a six of six, and they both went through. I'm like, you got to be shitting me! Like, <laughs> you know, like we know how hard we know how hard it's been to get six of sixes in oh, yeah. this year, and I just like throw it in the freaking Puerto Rico Open. It was, <laughs> it was unbelievable. But uh, let's go to the Honda Classic. It's, it's going to be a fun one and a stressful one at the same time. Like I said, go check out Jesse's Twitter feed, DFS Golf Gods. If you don't remember it, first see his picture and then look at the score, the final scores from last year. It'll make a ton of sense too. It'll yeah. mess. That's all I have to say. Because it was just one of those. You, I'm glad I'm bald sometimes for date, for tournaments like that. But um, yeah, give us some passive history. You might as well start with last year. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the kind of the backstory on that note that I that that past me gave future me. So 2018 version of Jesse gave to 2019 version of Jesse was don't play this event. Reason being is last year was just wild with the cut. It was a plus six cut. Um, I think I was heavy Martin Keimer and that was really my reason. And he, and he WD'd after the first day, even though he was still in contention. But so last year, Justin Thomas was your winner in a playoff over Luke list. Um, if I remember correctly, this was the event that JT, uh, had somebody thrown out. This is when he got cranky when, out of the sand. Yes. Yeah. 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 So the, the guy, he hits a tee shot. The guy yells, get in the sand. And he says, you're gone. 
and then he caught all kinds of shit about it and had to apologize, which to me, there's no apology necessary. But JT beats Luke List. Um, if you go back through some of these past, the last couple years of, um, uh, of, of the leaderboard, you will see kind of a theme. Um, guys who hit it long here are successful, but Ricky Fowler is your 2017 champion. Uh, he shot 12 under. So JT shot eight under the year before 2018, 2017. Ricky shot uh, 12 under one by four shots over Morgan Hoffman and uh, Gary Woodland 2016 winner was uh, Adam Scott, uh, nine shots uh, or nine under one shot over, uh, Sergio Garcia, uh, other past champions here. Rory's won this event. He's not playing it this year. The, the other Rory or Sabatini we'll talk about later, uh, has also won this event. Um, it's kind of a, a, a mixed bag of names. Um, there's some kind of odd ones. Uh, Michael Thompson, who will probably get chalky this week, uh, has won this event in the past. So yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting week. Yeah, it definitely is. And like when you're re- reading off those names there and you get past like, you know, Gary Woodland, I'll give. And that's when Gary Woodland wasn't the Gary Woodland we know now. Um, right. It, there was a lot of not big names winning this event. And a lot of that's due to the catastrophe that could take place at this golf course. Like Parr yeah. is a great score here. Um, uh, a couple of things I'll mention, like I'm not going to go in as in-depth as, you know, a lot of these guys do. I'll just give you the basics once you need to know here. But it's a less than driver course for the fact you need to stay – out of the water. There is water on 14 of 18 holes. This is PGA National Champions course built in 1981 by Tom Fazio. It's been redone by Jack Nicholas three or four times now. Um, last year, they redid all the greens. There's a ton of complaints last year about like holes and not enough grass on the greens. Well, they did it, redid all the greens. They were averaging 5,500 square feet. Now they're averaging 7,000, so they're a little bigger. But the things we were reading is when you put in new grass like this, and they are Bermuda greens, everyone's happy to be off of POA. When you put in new grass like this, and it, it, you're not getting a ton of playing time. It takes a year or two. It's like for people that own golf clubs or baseball bats, you got to work them in. The greens you got to work in, and they're, they're a little bumpier than normal. So that when you're coming in with your wedge shot or whatever, it might not catch as much as it usually would on a regular green. So something to keep in mind there. Uh, it's a par 70, 7,125 yards. So it's right in the middle, not too far, not too long, not too short. Um, again, par is a great, great score with water on 14 of 18 holes. Um, the quote unquote blow up holes uh, that you hear quoted a lot are six, 11, 15 and 17. And they're blow up holes because golfers are scoring doubles. Okay. Let me put it this way. Since 2012, over 6% of golfers in each tournament are getting doubles or worse on just those four holes. That's something I do on holes a lot, not a professional golfer. Uh, so something to keep in mind there. There's the famous bear trap, 15, 16, and 17, 15, and 17, obviously big blow-up holes we talked about. So it's a very, very challenging stretch of golf where you're going to see guys maybe win the tournament or lose the tournament right there. It makes for a fun Sunday, that's for sure. Against less than driver course, wind is usually a major factor. I uh, I know last year they were averaging over 15 miles an hour a day. That's why the scores were where they were. This week so far, really light chances to shower early in the week, nothing crazy. But winds five around five, maybe gusts up to 10. Overall, not supposed to be too windy, so that should help a ton. Um, and this course is the toughest non-major course on in the PGA Tour. So it is super challenging. That's why you'll see you know, some no-names as long as they keep it in play. And it's uh, like Emiliano Grillo is one of his quotes. He loves playing this tournament. He plays every week, he said, because you can shoot three or four under and have a chance to win. 
you don't have to just be like a guy that bombs it and and hits a wedge in. He, it's actually having to play golf and having to hit straight shots and play play your normal game instead of just going for broke. So it'll be an interesting week, and when we get to the DraftKings picture in a minute, we'll explain why. But uh, what key stats are you looking for this week, Jesse? Um, obviously, a lot of course history here, so I think course history is fine to to, to wait. Uh, but mostly, like what I'm looking at is uh, your tee to green stats, including. Um, Greens and regulation, driving distance. Uh, it you know it also does matter too. Like, but scrambling is gonna is gonna be a factor. And then I'm I'm waiting bogey, basically avoidance more than birdie or better percentage. Um, I mean, you can also I think wait you know par five scoring because there's two par fives here, and that's where a lot of the scoring comes from. Is you know if you're making birdies on those par fives, then uh, you know you're gonna be in better position, obviously on the leaderboard. Um, but that's, that's pretty much kind of what I'm looking at here. This is a ball strikers paradise. This is not going to be a putting contest. This is not going to be, uh, this is going to be a, a, a basically avoid the big number, uh, type of tournament. And that's why you, you know, like guys like Gary Woodland, you know, Adam Scott, JT Fowler. Yes, they can bomb it, but they also hit like their fives or three ways. They're driving irons very, very well. And right. so when you got an elite golfer that can have three, that's why it was a year or two ago or whatever it was, kind of when we started doing this podcast, I think Brendan Steele was coming in in great form and everybody wanted to play him. And then he just like blew up on Thursday, but then went on a birdie fest on Friday and made the cut. It's because people look at that correlation. Okay. Who could play well without hitting their driver basically? Yeah. And, and there's, there's a lot of less than driver holes here. Now there, yeah. there are a lot of, um, long approach shots into the green. So a lot of the approach shots are going to be between 150 and 200 yards. So keep that in mind with the majority of those being from 175 to 200. So that's not a bad thing to look at too if you're on Fantasy Golf National or whatever. Yeah, there's different little ones to do there. Um, looking at Fanshare Sports real quick, uh, if we just look at our current form for guys in the field, last three events, you know, you got what you'd expect for the most part. Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Woodland, Scott. But coming in fifth, Michael Thompson, a guy you said have won here before. He's going to be very popular, so he's there. Uh, Scott Piercy, Sergio, Kokrax coming in in great form. Uh, Wyndham Clark and Trey Mullinax. He's coming in in 10th in this field. If you go back six events, you still got likes of JT, Fowler, Woodland. But Lucas Glover, a guy that, you know, got us one week, but overall playing great golf. Webb Simpson's a new name on the list. Brooks. And uh, Cam Smith comes in 10th. Trey Mullinex, though, ninth on that list. Another guy who just continues to pop on this uh, recent form. Uh, I, I use the option to do the last three Honda Classics. Obviously, not all these guys in the top 10 in DraftKings points played in all three events, but guys that have played in more than one. Adam Scott is averaging almost 85 points in the last three events here. Uh, Sergio's averaging over 75 in the last three. Brennan Steele's over 75 the last two. JT over 75 the last three. And if we want to go back just a little farther, like Luke List, he's averaging over 70 in the last three. Uh, Ricky, of course. But Vegas, Jonathan Vegas, he's uh, almost 70. Morgan Hoffman, almost 70. So a, a couple names there that uh, Jimmy Walker, uh, almost 65. So a couple other ones that have, have played well, kind of the course history narrative we've been talking about, Jesse. Um, I, I did the option on their page the last year. So, so you know, 35, 30 events or more, depending on how many they played or so. On Bermuda grass, on Bermuda greens, I should say, the uh, in this field, the top guys to look at, Ricky Fowler, JT, Webb Simpson, Sung J.M. It's only six events, though, so be careful. But he does like his Bermuda. Uh, Adam Scott, Brooks, Austin Cook, um, Jimmy Walker, and Sam Burns. Burns only 12 events. But, again, 
there's some names that correlate there that are coming in well, uh, past event history and, and stuff of that nature. Um, when you, the, the last one I wanted to do, uh, nah, we won't do that one. Well, uh, we can talk about that in the Slack chat. If you come in there, I was going to do the par four scoring, but I don't want to give away everything. Uh, the last thing we'll do though is the, the course history and current form, the green dot city on, um, fan share. You got Adam Scott, Sergio, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, JT Poston. That's where I want to go with this. Some interesting names, Billy Horschel. So a lot to look at there over on FanShare. It depends on how you want to attack it, but there's a ton of ways to go about it. Uh, any final thoughts before we get into the DraftKings, Jesse? Uh, I would just say make sure to mind the weather. Um, it is Florida. Uh, the winds are not forecast at this point to be super strong, uh, but that can change obviously day-to-day. Uh, so just something to keep an eye on as well. Another narrative you can kind of look at, I've already seen it kind of a little bit on Twitter, is the the Florida boys, um, you know, guys who are from Florida or reside in Florida, local guys. Maybe they've played it more. Um, they're used to the conditions. They're used to Bermuda, that kind of thing. So something else to, to keep in mind. All right, let's get into the DraftKings. And a common trend with a lot of that fan chair stuff is a lot of those names you heard are in 9,000 and above, but there were obviously some that weren't. But starting 10,000 and above, got Justin Thomas at 11.9, Brooke, or Ricky Fowler at 11.2, Brooks at 10.7, Adam Scott at 10.3, and Sergio Garcia at 10,000. Obviously the cream of the crop and a not as dominant Honda Classic field as usual, Jesse. Who are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, last year, I think Rory played here and Tiger was here. 13 of the top 30. Yeah, so it was a much stronger field last year. This is... This pricing, um, it's uh, it's different, and I, and I do think that it's going to lend itself to be more of a tilting week, but also a week where, and, and as a result, you know, since everybody is til- will be will be tilted, it, you're looking at a pretty low six to six percentage. The pricing, I don't see any obvious value just looking over this pricing um, that, that sticks out as like super chalk to me. So I think we're pretty we're going to be pretty normal range. But my favorite play. Back to what you just mentioned uh, at the top there, Justin Thomas. I mean, he's got a couple of things going for him. Uh, his he's he's the highest priced. I was su- super surprised how low owned he was last week. Him and Rory both um, came in. At, at, I guess a lot of people ended up going more balanced. Uh, Woodland was much more chalky than I thought he would be, um, but I was able to snag both JT and Rory at, at decent ownership. So I'll be going back to Rory. I mean, I'm sorry, Justin this week. Uh, playing a lot of him, I think Rook. I think Ricky is fine. He's got uh, obviously he's a past winner here. Um, he did miss the cut last year, but he did win in, in Phoenix recently. So that kind of pressure of of having to win has been alleviated from him. So I don't mind him at eleven two, but I do think he will probably be the most popular of JT and, and Ricky. <laughs> uh, moving down the list, um, Adam Scott I think is definitely playable. Sergio I do believe is going to be. Pretty popular, but I don't mind him at all. Brooks is the guy who's interesting to me. So, obviously, getting the price bump, course history, blah, it's miscut, 26, 51st, 33rd. I mean, for a GPP, I think he's probably the play. Um, If that narrative catches on, though, I would probably just completely avoid him. I'm not a big fan of him, but, like, just just looking at, like, these top guys and who can win, Brooks can win. I would bet against it if his ownership is projected to be kind of high, though. Uh, so my favorite play here, and the guy who I have the most of is Justin Thomas. That's it. Yep. I, I can't fade, or I can't 
get mad at anyone wanting to play all the Justin Thomas in the world. It makes a hundred percent sense. Um, he's gonna, you know, he should be like a cash game lock if you're playing cash, unless you want a more balanced approach. Uh, there's nothing to, to not like about JT. The two guys I'll be looking at here, and maybe I won't if ownership dictates it looking weird, is Adam Scott and Sergio Garcia. I like them both. They both have really, really good course history. Adam Scott obviously won here three years ago. Uh, his last three events, T13, T14 first, you know, T7 did last weekend. So he's really coming in well. And then Sergio is kind of turning that corner. Uh, he had the T7, T3, and the DQ over over in Europe and Abu Dhabi and whatnot. Then a T37 over here, but then a T6 last week, and he played really, really well. And when it comes to a course history narrative, eight of eight made cuts here, um, including a second place three years ago, a T14, a T33. He's got two top 10s, four top 25s, coming in in great form in a, in a field that's not as dominant as it once was. So I don't mind that at all. I actually prefer him as a, as a cash game play, as a, as a really good cash game play if you want one. At the same time, I like him in GPPs, but I think Scott, I like a little more in GPPs over Sergio. But those are the two I'm, I'm mainly looking at there just because I want to stay out of the 6Ks as much as I can. But if I become more comfortable as the week goes on, then Justin will look a lot better to me. But uh, it's just putting 11-9 on the board out the gate does put a hampering on it, but that goes back to what you talk about is it leads to a lot less ownership as well. So it's a catch-22 on how you want to go about it. So Scott Garcia for me. Yeah, I do think, you know, a lot of people will go more balanced this week because getting 66 is going to be like at this course uh, wild. Yeah, well, it it's it, it'll it'll be a huge it'll be it'll be low. Like there's not going to be a whole heck of a lot of 6 or 6s. Um it's not going to be like 20%. It's going to be below 20% and I really think below 10%. I think below so 10%. I think most people will go balanced, but like I'm not a huge fan of the balanced range. We'll get into that now. Yeah. Yeah, let's get into the 9Ks. Where there's some to like here, but you know, there's some names in this 9K range that make you kind of scratch your head a little bit. Uh, you got Gary Woodland at 98. You got Webb at 96. Cam Smith at 95. It'll bounce back week last week for Cam for those that jump back on the bandwagon. Uh, Berger at 94. Billy Ho at 93. And then you got Luke List, who lost in the playoff last year, at 92. And Benny On at 91. Those two names kind of surprised me a bit. The other ones I can at least understand. Berger a little surprising as well. But uh, what's your thoughts here in the 9K range? Yeah, I mean, this is like just completely tilt my face off range. Um, I, I I think Woodland is most definitely playable. Um, I don't mind pairing him and Justin Thomas up. I think that's a good place to to kind of start. And then obviously we'll talk about the the guys you could fit in there later. But Cam is playable too. Um, he has never played here. Little bit concerning, but like his form coming in, he hasn't missed a cut since the U.S. Open. Um, so playing really well and, you know, I, I, it's just hard for me not to like him this week. Um, I think list will be popular. I think on will be popular. Uh, for me, the kind of pivot would be Norrin. his form coming in is not good. Um, not really a fan of the form. Like last year when he topped three deer, he finished third, he had finished 16th, 21st and second in his four or three starts prior to that over here um, in the U.S. That's going Farmers, Phoenix, Genesis in reverse order there. This year he's 62nd, 43rd miscut. So not nearly as good, but, I mean, did finish third here last year. And I, I don't I just don't think a lot of people will be on him. But uh, So he's kind of like the GPP pivot play for me, kind of boomer bust guy. Uh, Cam Smith and Woodland would be my two favorites in this range. 
Yeah, I don't mind it. Woodland six of six made cuts here at T two here two years ago. He's number one on the tour in ball striking right now. So at ninety eight hundred bucks, not a problem in the world. Uh, if you want to start here, maybe this leads to the balance approach. You start with a Woodland. You can definitely make some noise there. Um, I like Webb Simpson quite a lot here. T5 here last year coming in. You know, a T39 and a T20 aren't ideal, but a T8 and a third prior to that. Uh, one of the best approach guys on the game third right now in all the PGA Tour. And he, and he rates out pretty good in you know, ball striking and, and uh, around the green as well. So $9,600 for Webb Simpson I like quite a bit. I think that's going to be a guy that kind of gets overlooked in this range. I think you can uh, – this course you're never comfortable, like I said, with all the hazards, but – I like Webb, especially. In, I, I like him making cuts in cash games for sure. But he's got that upside to, like, again, finish fifth here last year and go for a. He could win here in a field like this. I have no problem seeing that at all at ninety six hundred bucks. Um, Cam Smith, I love ninety five. We'll be on him over and over again. He's like my new Tony Fino. I'm never going to quit Tony Fino, but there's something about Cam Smith, and this kid is going to get through this year. So ninety five hundred, don't hate that at all. Uh, Billy Ho is going to be interesting as well. We talked course history. We talked about drafting and scoring. He's the ultimate. Boomer bust. Three or seven made cuts here. He missed cut. T4, T8, missed cut, missed cut. So when he makes the cut here, he, and it makes sense. If you've watched uh, Billy Ho play golf, if he's hitting it straight, he's having a good weekend. <laughs> it's like it's pretty simple because yeah. once he gets off the tee, he's got a really good iron game in and everything. So Billy Ho at 93, I could get behind on a GPP. Uh, Benny On's going to be popular. So for me, it's it's Simpson, Smith, and Billy Ho. Simpson's the one I like the most. Billy Ho's the riskiest one of the three. All three in play for me this week. All right, let's go into the 8K range. You got Emiliano Grio, 8,900 bucks. Lucas Glover at 88. ZJ at 87. Henley at 86. Matt Wallace at 85. Poston at 84. Schwartzel at 83. Affy Barnrat at 82. Piercy at 81. And Matt Thompson at 8K. Michael Thompson, I mean. Um, interesting range here. I'm guessing this is the range you're referring to as, hmm, how is this balanced? But what do you got here? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's weird. I like more of this range than I do the 9,000s, which is just odd. I mean, the, the thing, I mean, I guess my mind kind of a little bit gets skewed because like a lot of the guys in the nine range are really terrible putters. Um, and these guys are too, like, and that don't, don't get me wrong, but I just kind of feel a little bit better. Like Lucas Glover, I love him at 8,800. Um, you know, he's, he's, been hitting the ball very well coming off a 17th here last year. Um, seventh at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Uh, missed cut the Phoenix Open, but was 12th, 7th, 14th, 17th. So his form coming in is is good, and this is kind of the place to play Lucas Glover because it's not a, it's not going to be a putting fest. Like, obviously, he struggles with the putter quite often. The kind of guys you really want this week are the guys who are really, really good tee to green and maybe, you know, aren't that great with the putter. Um, so other than that, like Lucas Glover is one of my one of my favorite plays this week. But other than that, my, Matt Wallace I think is interesting. He's never played here. Um, followed him a little bit last week because uh, I played him some on DraftKings and also during the weekend he finished thirty third. Uh, he's a Euro Tour player. He reminds me of uh, Tyrell Hatton um, in just kind of the way that he plays the game, but also you know they they are both pretty animated as well. Um, I don't think very very many people will be on him, especially with no course history at 8,500. JT Poston, I do think he will be kind of chalky. 27th here in 2017, but uh, you know, has made every cut since the Shriners uh, back in November um, with some pretty decent finishes for JT Poston. Now he's 8,400, so I don't know how much you really want to play him at 8,400, but I, I can see him kind of getting popular. And then 
lastly, Michael Thompson. I mean, the the form coming in is good. I've talked about him for the last couple of weeks when he's been in, on DraftKings. He's he's been a kind of a late addition. I think he was late addition to Genesis Open, where he finished seventh. Played him at AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am, where he was tenth. Um, but at eight thousand, you know, I mean, this might be the the place where you just grab the chalk and move on, or especially for cash games, like he would be if I'm playing cash, he's on my team for sure. But if I'm in a GPP, that might be the place to to fade him and and go up to somebody like, you know, Matt Wallace or something like that. If you're looking for the pivot there, I'm not a huge fan of like I don't know Kira Deck here. Um, you know, he made the cut last year, but I, I don't know. He's like so up and down, and I feel like after that finish last week, more people will be on him. So that's annoying to me. Yeah, Thompson at 8K, I've heard his name a ton. He's ninth in uh, approach right now, but his form is just insanely good. He is going to be chalky. What number's too high to play? Um, You know, here's probably what's going to happen is everybody's going to say he's going to be chalky. And then no, he won't be. Right, right, he won't be chalky. So he'll be projected at like 20% owned because he's going to be mentioned on just about every podcast. He's going to be – uh, he's he's gonna be written up in just about every article. His form coming in is good. He's a past, you know. Is this, is, is this the same Michael Thompson that won? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he won so a while back. Yeah, yeah, 2013. He's a winner here. Since then, miscut 44th, 53rd, miscut 24th. Um, so, you know, it it it's one of those things where it's just like you know, it's gonna be hard to predict. I don't I don't know if you've been following ownership projections like recently, but like they've been all he, over the place. Well, they have been because everybody's getting them and looking and saying, okay, well, I'm gonna pivot to this guy, this guy, this guy, and it's making things a lot more level than what mm-hmm. it kind of was last year. You know, I don't know how many subs Fanshare has, but th- you know, they when they when they put out their their ownership, uh, people are looking at it and and moving their stuff around. Um, so that's something to consider, but too high for me would be twenty percent plus. That's kind of what I think twenty is kind of the gauge. That's how I do with most. Like you know, you know, you don't want everyone to be twenty percent or more. But I also have that mindset, like you're saying, is they're saying twenty, but I think that's more of a everyone's going to see that and start bouncing off time thing and you get them at like fifteen. That's so, why it's. I mean, it's so hard to predict ownership, yeah. especially when. Um, I mean, I think Fanshare does the best at it because they're actually gauging what people are talking about, people are writing up. You know the Twitter, they're they're all over it. They do a really really good job on collecting all that information. They also have obviously have their own algorithm where they're looking at past stuff and yada yada yada. And I don't know what all goes into it, but you know they, it, their job is is hard because people are looking at that and going, "Well, I'm not going to play that guy if he's going to be 25 percent owned." Yeah, makes it real tricky. Um, other guys I like here in the 8K range. I do like Thompson Call, like you said, uh, Miliana Grio. I already mentioned how he talked about how much he loves playing his course. You know, he's not coming in in great form, but he's still making cuts. T58 last week, but T33 prior to that. T8 here last year. He's made all three cuts in three straight years at this event. And when a guy says how much he likes to play a course, I take it pretty good. He's fifth in approach right now, ninth in ball striking on the PGA Tour. So 8900 bucks for Grio, I like quite a bit. I love Lucas Glover, like you mentioned. At 88, I think he's a really, really strong play at that price tag. Um, Russell Henley's an interesting one. He's a past winner here. He's made five or six cuts, including a T24 last year. 8600 bucks. he can come into play for you. Uh, Affy Barnard is an extreme GPP play. I don't want to just completely throw him away, but he is comes with a lot of risk. So be aware of that one, but boomer bust type guy. And then um, Scott Pierce, he's an interesting one. He can be risky, but coming in in great form. He does like the West Coast usually more than the East, but he has made four or six cuts here, including a T-17 last year. He's a birdie machine, so I guess if you're going to find the water a couple times, you need birdies to get back. 
Pearson might be your guy, but this isn't the course to kind of fall behind like that. But 8100 bucks, I don't mind it. If I have to just pick a few here, it's Grillo, it's Glover, it's Thompson. Those are the three I really like in the 8K range. Sprinkle in the others if you so choose as pivots or whatnot. All right, we're back to 144 golfers this week. Uh, top 70 and ties make the cuts after Friday. So the 7K range is loaded, Jesse. But 7500 bucks and above is not too bad. You got Joel Dahman at 79, Russell Knox at 78, CT Pan at 78, Hadley at 77, Wee Kim at 77, Taylor Gooch at 76, uh, Graham McDowell, Neiman at 76, Kirk at 75, uh, you got Kraft at 75, Jimmy Walker at 75, and Scotty Brown at 75. Who do you like in the 7,500 and above? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, Russell Knox. Um, he is by far and away my favorite play below 8K and almost my, my favorite play besides Justin Thomas on the whole entire slate. So I'm going to be super heavy Rusty, rusty Knox. Um, Miscut miscut the last two years here, so I'm hoping that that kind of depresses a little bit of the course history ownership. But in 2014, he finished second. 2015, he finished third. Uh, 26, 26 in 2016. So he did make three straight cuts here before, obviously, the last two where he missed the cut. Um, but he's made eight straight cuts on tour uh, and finished 14th Pebble Beach, 10th Phoenix Open. Uh, he did play the Mexico Championship and didn't play, you know, he finished 39th, which is – back into the field but either way not i'm not really super worried about what happened last week because this is totally different golf course especially conditions yada 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 um other than that graham mcdowell kind of interesting um miscut 14th fifth the last three years here uh and you know did make the cut in puerto rico where he played last week finished 18th at AT at&t pebble beach pro-am i don't see many people on him um and I don't know what to do about Joaquin Neiman, man. Like, you know, I'm he scared. was the darling for the while. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it, he, he didn't play here last year. Um, he really kind of – his run really started kind of at the Masters. And, you know, I mean, he hasn't really had a whole heck of a lot of success this year, during this year. I mean, he finished 10th at the Shriners, and that's pretty much it. He's, you know, 44th miscut, 72nd miscut. It's – it's an odd week. It's an odd week, but I, I feel like this could be the time where potentially, you know, turns it around. I don't know. That's, I think he's probably worth a a lineup in a GPP or two. What do you think on him? Yeah, if you're maxing it, like a 20 max or something, I could see it. Uh, if you're kind of going three max or less, I probably wouldn't have much of him. Um, yeah, he's one of those guys. We'll talk about another one here, another young gun, first timer here, but um, – you know, ball striking is very, very solid. He's just all over the place right now. Maybe, maybe he just needed a break. He was tired. Uh, first time here always concerns you a little bit, but uh, we know how good he can be. So I could see at 76, maybe getting a lower own than usual. Joaquin Neiman, that kid, you know, T10 or something and make a little run. But uh, I, I won't be on him unless – if you're 20 max in it, I'd have like maybe three or four of them if you got them. Um couple other 7K, 7,500 and above guys. I do like Russell Knox a lot. When you talk about iron play and approach, uh, Russell Knox is that guy. So 7,800 bucks, I can get behind that. Uh, CT Pan at 78 is another guy. I don't mind. T17 here last year, T37 the year before. Um, you mentioned Graham McDowell. I think that's a very sneaky, nice one. It could be a nice low-owned play. Miscut T14th and 5th, like you mentioned, coming in in good form at 7,600. And last but not least, an interesting one here. We mentioned Course Horse, 7 of 8 made cuts. He's made three straight T33, T21, T43, not playing the best of golf on tour, but Jimmy Walker at 75. 
gets my attention. You know, get him out of California. He's a Florida, Texas swing type guy. So Jimmy Walker at 75 could be an interesting play here in this mid 7K range as well. All right, when you go to the rest of the 7K field, a couple that I'm looking at here, uh, Wyndham Clark, first time, but uh, in amazing form. A T10 last week in Puerto Rico, a T61, T35, T18 before that. So uh, Clark at 74 is a guy I take a look at. Uh, Dylan Fratelli, he's a, he loves playing these Florida courses, 11th place here in his first time last year, finished T28 in his last event out at 7400 bucks. He's a guy to take a look at. Uh, the guy's referring to when we're talking about Neiman, Sunjay M, back-to-back missed cuts. But when you talk about ball striking, Sunjay's one of the best ones out there. 7300 bucks. He could have just been tired, man. He's been playing so much golf. Uh, back-to-back missed cuts. Took last week off. Kind of rejuvenated. I like Sunjay at 7300 bucks again. Um, HV3 at 73 is another very interesting one. Uh, I know he can get a little wayward off the tee from time to time, so that can be a little you know, worrisome. But uh, he's been in really good form. He's making cuts. He's, he's contending. So I like HV3. Uh, Jason Kokrak, he's actually playing really, really good golf right now. He's made uh, he hasn't made a cut here in five years, T forty one in five years, but he's uh, on fire right now. Seven to seven made cuts this season. He's eighth in approach, eleventh in ball striking on tour right now at seventy three hundred dollars. Uh, T twenty or better in three of his last four events, so I don't mind him at all. A couple others, a lot down here, but uh, if you're looking at course history, Jason Dufner's made nine and nine cuts here. T-17, T-14, T-17 in three of his last four years. That's someone to keep an eye on. Um, but the last couple I really like down here, Patrick Rogers at 7100 bucks. He's a guy that could actually, you know, GPP and, and contend. He could also miss the cut by seven strokes. But Rogers at 71 is really interesting to me. Uh, Brian Gay at 71 is a guy I like always as a, as a cheap play with some upside. And last but not least, before I take every play from you, Jesse, um, <laughs> Rory Sabatini at 7K. We talk about him a lot. He's always in 7K or below. And he is contending. T17 did it last year. He's made five of eight cuts here. Uh, he's coming in back-to-back missed cuts, so form might not be ideal. But uh, got a little breather at 7K. I don't mind him as a cheap option as well. What do you like down here? Yeah, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind him at all. I, I, I actually had uh, Sabatini as a guy um, that I would definitely consider uh, in this field, especially for that price. I mean, you know, if you go stars and scrubs, you're going to be down here in this range, and it's. Yeah, these guys are sketch, so you got to kind of, you know, pick your poison here. But um, another interesting guy right there at seven thousand is Brendan Steele, fourteenth. Uh, he didn't play here in two thousand eighteen, but fourteenth, two thousand seventeen, fourteenth, eleventh, thirty third, coming off three consecutive missed cuts. Um, I mean, he's not played well at all uh, in a while. Um, but sometimes you know, getting back to one of these golf courses where you've had some success that can kind of change your mentality and, uh, and get you turned around. So Brendan Steele is kind of one of those boomer bust type of plays. Uh, uh, but going back up to, toward the top, I second your Wyndham Clark call, uh, for Telly as well. He finished 11th here last year. Don't mind him a bit. Uh, Varner will be on him. Kokrak. Yes. Uh, another guy and, and Kevin, um, not really sure if he listens to the podcast. I, I, I hope he does. I like to think that, <laughs> that, that Kevin listens to the podcast. But uh, Ryan Palmer at seventy two hundred dollars. Yeah. So just kind of looking yeah. at some course history stuff. Um, he missed the cut here last year, and he is like the most tilting guy to play because he will he he could be first round leader and then barely make the cut and then get you negative points on the weekend. Um, that's just how Ryan Palmer kind of rolls, but. 
He's interesting to me at that price at $7,200. Another guy, uh, Martin Keimer, $7,100. He withdrew here last year. So I think I mentioned it before where I had a bunch of him. He finished fourth here in 2017. And then 2018, shot 75 and then withdrew, I think, before or during the second round. And I, w- I probably had way too much and it just ruined my weekend. And that's when I gave myself that note for the next year, <laughs> you know, so coming off a of 60th, I made cut there in the Genesis open. Um, nobody will be on him. So $7,100. I don't mind him. Jim Furyk's another guy playing well for Jim Furyk. Uh, he played here last year and finished 46th. Um, you know, he, he made the cut the Genesis made the cut at and um, you know, so, you know, these are the kind of guys that like, I'm willing to take a chance with in this range because, you know, some of these other guys are really sketchy, um, and they're kind of unproven, but these guys have been around here before and they're not as scared of the, uh, bear trap as, you know, maybe some others would be a uh, question for you here. I mentioned his name in the fan share stuff like 45 times. It felt like, but Trey Mullinex is $7,100. He's going to get talked about a lot this week. Do you have any desire to play him? Uh, Mullinex. He's coming in in really good form. He's 0 for 1 on cuts here, but he's overall playing good golf. Hmm. He's not on my labs here. Oh, well, that answers that question. You didn't even make, you didn't even make your, 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 your cut. <laughs> so there you go. Is he, is he, he's definitely in the field though? Yeah, and he's got T twenty two, T fifteen, T twenty five, T thirty four, T fifty seven. Last five that. events on tour, been hitting it really well. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't mind him. I don't, I, I, I think you know, it, he's a good GPP play for sure. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind him. He's, you know, he's just like the rest of these guys. Like they struggle with the putter, and if they get, you know, if they can get the putter half ass hot this week. You know, any of these guys can contend. Yeah, stay out of water. We'll see what happens. Right. Um, all right, 6K range. There's a lot of ways you can go about it. Somewhere to the low sevens here. You know, pretty much your last sentence stands for almost all of these guys as well. They can just hit it, hit it normal and get hot with the putter. They have a shot. Uh, what are some of the below 7K guys you're looking at here? I mean, starting at the top, Nick Watney. I, I think that, yeah. that, you know, that price on him at $6,900, um, it's kind of odd to me. He's made four straight cuts here, 33rd, 14th, 41st, and 24th. Yeah, I mean, like, in the like, obviously, if we were last week, most definitely, you know, if he's playing at WGC all day, every day, he's $6,500. But at $6,900 in this field, it just seems way too low to me. Another guy, Sam Burns, um, he is the guy who played in the group with Tiger last year as, uh, I think he was like a sponsor's invite or something like that, and and, you know, ends up beating Tiger that day, I'm pretty sure, um, on Sunday. So this golf course, this golf tournament last year started a pretty good run for him. He kind of fell off towards the end of the year, um, but it could be the, you know, he finished eighth here, 12th at the uh, Valspar the next week, and then 49th at the Arnold Palmer. So he made three straight cuts on tour, and, you know, this was kind of a, special invite or whatever that top 10 got him another start and then whatever. So I don't know all the ins and outs of how that shit works, but Vegas at $6,800. Um, course history is, is pretty good. He's not playing. He's not been playing that great. He did finish 10th at the uh, Phoenix open. Um, so I think, you know, he will be, you know, low owned. And then Kevin mentioned it in the Slack earlier today, Stuart Sink. I mean, that price, uh, again, is just way too low. Like, There's some guys like 
I don't know, like some, for some reason I trust Stuart Sink and call me out or troll me about this more than I do like Luke list. Alberson. <laughs> no, like Luke list that like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of odd. Stuart sinks price down here. And that's also my own warped mind too, from betting these guys for the last five years or however long we've been doing this <laughs> and uh, then, you know, being jaded or whatever, but uh, Kevin Strillman uh, at $6,700, another guy too. Course history is okay. Uh, nothing special coming off the miscut the Genesis open, but obviously had the week off last week. Um, and that uh, was seventh at AT&T Pebble beach there. So I like him to kind of bounce back one last guy kind of getting down low. Uh, Julian Etulin yep. at 6,400 bucks. Uh, never played here, but you know, maybe worth a shot on one or two lineups. I dig it. Yeah. Watney at 69 is one that really stood out when I first started looking at this, like you said, four or four made cuts here. Yeah. I missed the cut last week, but came in, he's been in really good form prior to that. So like me, some Watney. Yeah, guys like Roberto Castro, he's never played well here. 0 for 3 made cuts, but overall, he's coming in pretty good form. I love the Stugoat. 8 of 8 made cuts here. Give me all the Stugoat you can get. Um, you know, you mentioned Furyk earlier. A guy kind of in that elk is Ernie Els. Um, 6600 bucks. He's made you know four of his last five cuts, including a T28, a T12, and a T26. He's made seven to nine cuts here, including a win way back in the day. But, um, you know, it's not lights out. He's actually playing decent golf at 6600 bucks to maybe not win you a GPP, but keep you in contention with a 6-6. Six to six. So Els is someone to think about. Uh, more of a GPP-type play would be like a Carlos Ortiz at 66. I do really like Julian Etchelin, like you mentioned. I think I've been on him for three or four straight weeks now as one of the, the you know cheap, cheap darlings. Uh, he's made four of his last five cuts. He's, he's T40 or better in three of those four made cuts. 6400 bucks. There's a lot to like there. Um, I'm going to butcher his name, but Beergard, um, he's playing really yeah. good golf. Yeah, he's just consistent, consistently making cuts at 6400 bucks. First time here, but someone to think about down low. And the last two, at the bare minimum, um, and this is strictly course history narratives here, but like Peter Jakobsen, Johnny Ha are both really good course history guys here, but coming in horrific form. Uh, Jakobsen, not as bad, but uh, the one I really wanted to mention, coming off of T8 last week in Puerto Rico, He's made eight of nine cuts here, including a top 10 and two top 25s. Ben Crane is $6,000. So I honestly, like Huh and Jacobson, okay, Ben Crane, I really don't mind at $6,000. If you want to go ultimate stars in the scrubs, you know, I, you know what you're getting into at a $6,000 guy, but I don't mind him at $6,000. Bucks. Like, I you, know, battle, so. you know it's a bad week when we're talking about Ben Crane. Seriously considering Ben Crane. <laughs> But he fits. He really fits. That's the scary dude. part. No, I, I, <laughs> it's like, you I, want to go no, start Scrubs. You know what that does for you, you with, made Jeff, a very, with Justin you, Thomas? <laughs> you made a very good case for him right there. And, and I'm going to have to look at him. But I'm just saying, like, this week, man. Yeah. But that's the thing with this week. Because it's like, you might pick the best golfers. And you really did pick the best golfers. But when they find the water three times, it doesn't matter. It really right. has no reason behind it. So I, I'm with you, man. Yeah, when, there's, when we're all sweating this week, you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt that – you did your research, and that's all you can do because now they're going to hit the golf ball themselves, and it's going to get really tilting. Yeah. Uh, it's wor- worse than normal weeks. Let's just put it that way. Um, all right, that gets us through the DraftKings pricing. Uh, give me three of your top GP plea plays this week. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm going to be heavy JT, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention him. Russell Knox is the next guy who I'll be super heavy on. Um and I'm probably going to play mostly GPPs. I, I don't know if I'm going to play cash or not. I just 
I think it's, I think it's an okay week to do so. Cause I think, you know, there's potential that four of six could cash. Um, but I've, I've not wrapped my head full around like playing cash yet, but either way. Uh, so JT Knox, and then, um, who was my last one here? I just completely lost my train of thought. Stuart Sink. Stu Goat. All right. For me on the GPP train would be like uh, boomer bus guys that I think can compete really good. Here's Billy Ho, uh, Lucas Glover, and CT Pan. Those three I think you could really uh, get a decent GPP build with and uh, and go from there. Uh, three cash guys I'm looking at, uh, Sergio, Webb, and Grio are three cash guys I really, really like this week. What are some of the cash guys you like if you're playing yeah, cash? Right, right, right. Um, I mean, I, I, I would highly consider starting with Woodland and then trying to go more balanced with it. Um, but Glover is another guy that I would, I would highly consider, uh, for cash games. So Woodland, um, uh, Glover, my train of thought is just completely going out of whack here. And then you can look at a guy like sink or Watney in cash as well to kind of save some money and then go back up. So those would be some guys that I would think. I think the moral of our conversations on all the just plays in general and the GPP and the cash game plays we just gave is our player pools to be very similar between the two compared to normal because five of six and six of six are going to be so kind of weird this week yeah. that they might work in both basically. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, when you talk about cash game plays, you know, people automatically think, well, that's a safer play, but we're talking Not about always. golf. We're talking about golf here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so there's really nothing that's quote unquote safe. Um, guys that I would consider like typical. I look at a guy who who's who I want to play in cash. They have good form coming in and good course history. If they got the good, if they got both of those combinations, then I consider them a guy that I would put in a fifty fifty or a double up. For sure. Uh, who's your favorite play under seven k? If you have to pick one guy, um, it's Stewart. Yep. Yep. It's Stewart for me, and uh, Ben Crane is growing on me, but it's Stewart. Um. Okay, let's do some picks to win. I go to mybookie.ag. 50% first-time deposit bonus using promo code BENCHED at mybookie.ag. Who do you like to win this week, Jesse? It's a funny story. I, I just remortgaged my house and uh, took all the equity. I'm going to put it on Justin Thomas. At 5.5 to 1? Yeah. I love uh, it. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, JT's my guy. I mean, I've already hyped him up en- enough, so – other than that, I'm going to go more of a long shot here. Um, Russell Knox. Russell Knox is coming in strong at – oh, wow. He's moving down here unless I passed him up. I had to have passed him up by now. Russell Knox. Russell Knox. This is impressive. Oh, there he is. 55 to 1. I dig it. Right next to Lucas. Like Literally, I, you would never bet Russell Knox at 55 to 1 except for in this field. Exactly. I think this field's a good one to take long shots, like we were talking earlier. Outside of like the last three or four years, it was long shots winning this thing. Yeah. Um, I like Webb at 25 to 1. Uh, Grio at 40 to 1 has got my attention. And if I want a super long shot, like I could see this guy missing the cut, or I could see him contending. He contended a few weeks ago, and I was watching him at Pebble, so it must have been Genesis where he played pretty well. But, um, or yeah, Genesis, one of those. But, uh, Patrick Rogers at 120 to one. He's a, a total risky play, super risky, but he's got the game to compete here if he shows up. So I don't mind him at 120 to one, maybe a top 20 type finish guy. All right, Jesse, any final thoughts for the Honda classic? Um, 
No, I'm just, you know, keeping on that weather. There's potential. There could be some kind of, you know, early, late, you know, kind of, uh, advantage, but at, at this point, I, I'm not seeing one, but it'll be fun to just keep an eye on that and see if there's anything there. Yep, it'll be interesting. Everybody, go check out Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. The podcast is at Always Press DFS. I am at BD Intrig. Again, if you guys are rating review on iTunes, much, much appreciated. It would help us out. And if you guys want to get into the Slack chat, it's got golf, NASCAR's cranking up and they're like crazy. People are doing baseball stuff. All the sports are always hopping. Uh, the guys. They have a gambling chat they talk all the time at. So uh, just jump on in. Just all we need is your email address. Just DM one of us. We'll get you right on in there. But uh, this was the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the 2019 Honda Classic. Catch you guys later. Oh,